Welcome to the first episode of Psychedelic Jesus. Peg and I get into an interesting conversation about what we have to let go in order for a Christianity or a Christian faith to make sense uh, to us these days. Hope you like it. The other day I was in the gym and uh, forgot my earbuds. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just watch TV on. I went and started on a elliptical walker. And who pops up but Joel Lusty, oh. who's a mega church pastor down in yeah, Texas. Big evangelical pastor down in the States, got millions right. of followers. Right, yeah. right. And kind of funny, I, I've i always, I mean, how do I say this? I, I wouldn't say I like, like him or something, but I, there's something about him that attracts me, something about him that I find yeah. really kind of interesting. And You're, not I really. I would not have thought that you'd ever... Well, and this is what I wanted to talk about. And sort of as I was listening to him and I could read the subtitles, um, this is the this is the kind of um, framework that kind of emerged in my brain. And I thought, oh, I'd love to talk with Peg about that, right? So the large kind of category or question would be, what do we have to let go of in our Christianity in order to embrace a Christian faith that is congruent with my values? Like what? Say it one more time because something dropped right then. Some some something uh, dropped on the floor. Pu- puppies playing with something. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, so what we have to. What do we have to let go of in order to embrace a Christian faith that is congruent with my values, who I am, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I I did this little thing though. Joel Osteen. What I love about Joel Osteen. Okay, so I'm obviously I'm doing a little bit of uh, you know wordsmithing, whatnot. But yeah, sure. there's no question he his energy everything would be. The universe is for you. Mm. The universe is is about you thriving, hundred percent. That and and when you put you know your human thriving out there as a mm. as an energy or something like this, the universe will cooperate with that. That's a right. The universe is going to find you and support you and be with you. Right. And and there's such a genuineness, even to how he kind of presents it, that that's what I find attractive. Mm. That's what I'm really drawn to. The what I hate about Joel Osteen. This is the stuff that I think this is this is kind of gives a kind of a framework to like, what do we have to let go of? Jesus only. That's my first and obvious objection. Like it's gotta be through the through the name and almost like church affiliation of Jesus. Right. Okay. There's a kind of a so on that one, there is, there's a very distinct in and out group still. There's still an othering of most of the world religions of most humans on the planet. 100%. A hundred percent. Big othering of right. Of, so so it's Jesus only. It's secondly, and, it, and it's a certain type of Jesus. Right. It, like that's again, that's where it gets really unpalatable. Yeah. Is when you really kind of hear what he's saying. You go, yeah, I can't go with that. So it's yeah, Jesus so only. It's white, it's, it's conditional. Yeah, conditional. Right? Yeah. It's conditional. It's exclusive. Yeah. It's performance oriented. There's mm-hmm. subtle fear. Some some of the preachers not so subtle. Um, it it does not make any distinction between desire, i.e., um, I want to get rich, or you know, I want my kid to excel in school or something, versus my values. It just yeah. like and it's it works. His system works for the privileged, for white, powerful, rich people. Yeah, right? yeah, and, that's that's true. Yeah, and that's just like that was like my first like. Okay, what do I like? Okay, I got two lines down. What I don't like. 
Right. And we right. could probably go on and on and on, which is why right. you kind of said, what? Joel Osteen, don't be crazy. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so I'm not embracing Joel Osteen. But, yeah. you know, there's just, mm. I'm trying to say, how can we begin to structure um, a Christianity yeah. that, that holds on to some beautiful symbols, scriptures, ideas, yeah. presence, yeah. and might even add some things in like psychedelics, etc. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that, that have to be chopped off? And yeah. if we chop those things off, is it still Christianity? Yeah, I think that's a great, you know, like I, I'm trying to, um, I wrote this, if I can find it, I'll, 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 on Saturday, I started writing about this exact this. topic and um, about. You like, see, we're on the same page. I like that. Yeah. Of like, what is it that I'm, so I'm, I'm, I encountered this book called The Three Word Rebellion. It's a, it's just a, it's a marketing piece. It's a, it's a book that was written by this lady, Dr. Michelle Mazur, I think her name is. And it's a small little like 80 page book. And it basically is the idea of like getting your message right, like really focusing it down into three words. And, and that's a, you know, it's an interesting. Oh, um, I see what you mean, marketing. It's actually yeah, it's like, marketing. Yeah. yeah. Getting your message really clear and focused. Right. And it, it's designed for startups and people that want to launch, launch, sure. launch online products. But you're saying there's some genius in here. I can there some genius. And what really connected with me was the, the exercises in it although designed for marketers and for, it really helped me uh, think about what's going on inside of me. And it began to be, Peg, what is the message that you are wanting to say? What is the thing that you are wanting to uniquely put in the world? And in her language, what are you, what are you rebelling against? And she uses that kind of framework to say. Kind of the counter pressure, the the deconstruction. And that'll help you find what's your pocket, right? Because you're like, not this this is my message. You Do you know? remember early in Nexus, we used to get a lot of criticism because people said, we know what you stand against. We're not yeah. sure what you stand for. And oh, we saw yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But what you're saying is no, 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 that's important. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's knowing what we don't like really yeah. helps clarify who, who we are, what we want, where we're going. And then I'll, um, so I'm reading this book called the three word rebellion and, uh, it's really helping me clarify what's the message. If I was to do a Ted talk, or right. if I was to launch a podcast, what are the thing that I'm wanting to say out there and, and uh, my message and particularly what am I pushing against and kind of offering as a new alternative for a new way forward in the world that we right. haven't seen. And so I, I started ripping and I, and I, I'll just kind of start reading some of the lines sure. that I started yeah. free writing. Right. And the first one was, what are you rebelling against? I'm rebelling against an oppressive, moralistic, patriarchal, scorekeeping Christian worldview that suppresses the true experience of divine connection and love. Wow. That is so well said. Yeah. Oppressive, moralistic, patriarchal, scorekeeping Christian worldview that suppresses the true experience of divine connection and love. Wow. And, I, and that's like, for me, that's, it's the experience. It's not a head thing. Like that's why I, psychedelics for me has, has been so transformative is it gave me access to an experience of God, not a, not more theology, not more apologetics, not more scripture. It's, it was a, a direct encounter of the love of the divine in my life that I could right. feel. Right. But you're so, saying you yeah. know, this list of words are obstacles yeah. to, for the potential yeah. of that happening. Yeah. I think of, you know, there's that verse in Matthew 18 where Jesus, 
is holding the child on his lap. And he said, if any of you prevent yeah. this little one from coming, yeah. if you put obstacles in this way yeah. of this yeah. little one experiencing me, better that a millstone be hung around his deck. It's talking about, you know, yeah. judgment and karma. Yeah. Thrown into the deepest sea like this, like Jesus would say, exactly, Peg. Yes, he's I've rebelling got, I, against I'm something. rebelling against this too. He's rebelling against a, a, a way of packaging God that actually says these people get it and everyone else is out. Like right. he's he's arguing for the universality of the love of God for everyone, right? And I like the way that you yeah. put it, like the, the idea of here are some words that we have yeah. thrown in the way of the the encounter with the divine, the experience of the divine that that the your subtext, which is for every human being. Yes, yeah, and there's a universal kind of you know universal heart in the kingdom of God that is at the center of it, that it's inclusive for all. And right, and when we put barriers like you know male dominated and and yeah. uh, you know whether it's masculine power, male dominated. Right, yeah, right. moralistic. Like we use morality or gender, scorekeeping. Or yeah, all express, you know. And then I kind of began to keep, you know, keep reacting, rebelling against an, an evangelicalism that that's like a John Wayne Christianity, which is a reference to a new book by a, a Calvin College lady, a professor uh, uh, who just talks about since 1980 to now, we've basically invented a a a, a, a male dominated warmongering Christianity that looks like John Wayne and has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And she references every, every evangelical leader from 1980, including Bill Bright, including, uh, you know, James you know, Dobson, our, uh, all of them. Uh, and Billy Graham, all of them, the Billy Graham letters to in the, the 1970s that they're now just released from the U S archive with the, pre the president. His, his, his work with Nixon in the 70s and then with Carter and then eventually with Reagan in the 80s, it's horrific. His worldview of, of against women and about power, and it's awful. I can't relate mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. So I just started. So, but you what know, you're saying based on this John Wayne idea is that if you were born, if you're living and you were born from 1970 forward, yeah. then this is the Christianity so, that you, know, you grew up yeah. with. Yeah, hundreds, and I would say, like, millions and millions of people are exposed to that's the only form of Christianity they're really aware of, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think about what else? I'm rebelling against a spiritual abuse machine that hurt so many people through moralism, shame, and fear, um, you know, and I just watch that stuff, and I, they're washed up, and they just want to run away from anything to do with God, and I'm like, oh, it's not God that you hate. It's the package that it came in that hurt you so much. Yeah. And, it, you know, as we've talked about, how many week after week after week of hearing you're a piece of garbage. My mom, an 85-year-old beautiful woman, said to me last week, we went to Clearbrook MB, Mennonite, M, you know, Clearbrook yeah. MB in Abbotsford. Yeah. She said, I got 45 minutes of the pastor telling me I'm just dust, I'm garbage, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just dirt. She said, and the, the vitriol which he had to try mm. to explain how evil and bad we are as human beings, that even as a Christian, I've got to every day get right with God. Yeah, she said, yeah. I have to just, I, I elbowed Al and said, Dad, Al, we got to get out of here. I can't be around this anymore. Wow. And when my mom, you know, is going. Yeah, that's was, a barometer. That's a barometer. I mean, yeah. your mom's a pretty beautiful woman. Yeah. But she's, yeah. you know, she has been in this 
worldview for you know eight decades yeah and yeah. so that that is quite the kind of barometer or litmus yeah. test for just how outrageous yeah outrageously bad yeah evangelical christianity has become you know a question i have peg is um like i'll give you an example my, yeah. i'll get to my question so when i was listening to joe austin oh that was loud well louder than a dog chewing a bone i'll tell you that when uh when I heard Joel Osteen, he quoted a Bible verse, okay? And he said, uh, I think it was Revelations 3.10 or something like that. And he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in. And I, I heard that. I went, what a beautiful verse. I love that. I can almost start weeping how beautiful that, that mm -hmm. Jesus is right there wanting to bring the divine, wake the divine up inside of me, be yeah. with me. Yeah. But, so, but then I started thinking, if I... Use that verse. I've turned off millions of post-evangelicals, millions of people who have been abused by the machine mm. and, and can't even give me a hearing on these scriptures now because Christianity just fucked it up so bad, abused yeah. it so bad. And I, I like, how, like I, you know that I kind of walk around these days going, I just love Jesus more than ever. And whenever I say that, I could tell, like, if I say it to 10 people, eight yeah. are looking at me as if I'm like, a what? grade right. A kook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what the hell, Dave? I thought you were better than this. Yeah. And I get it. And I can't judge that reaction. And yet there's like, so I had a, it's a very interesting, um, the fact that you referenced that particular verse. Uh, in, the, in the Gospel of Thomas, which is this, uh, quote, heretical gospel by, yeah, the, by the, the book, yeah. you know, and yet, you know, Irenaeus and others, uh, many, many early church fathers referenced this as a letter, as a gospel that was, you know, circulated and used. And it was, again, banned in, uh, at the Council of Nicaea in 385 as heretical. Why? Because for Thomas, he didn't care about, you know, his conversation that he was having was just the sayings of Jesus that talk about our inner experience with the divine. Not, there's no morality. There's no miracles. There's no, like... There's no like virgin birth or resurrection. It's just his teachings. And in that, and he, about 60% of the material is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you, you can see lots of references, but the one he redoes, it redoes it. His version of I stand at the door and knock is this idea of, of, uh, of this invitation to an inner uh, recognition of this heart opening up to love, right? Mm -hmm. Is Can we open our heart to love? It's when we get hurt and wounded that we close our heart down from other people. And exactly. we also close it down from God. And he uses, he says, can, it's like, behold, love stands at the door right, and knocks. Right, right. And it, it wants to come in. So he uses the word love, not, you know. Absolutely, because that's what it means. Yeah. Like love is standing at the door and going, I want to come in. And 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 that's fine with you. The and same writer, the same yeah. human being that wrote, behold, I said, in yeah. his own epistle says god is love yeah so when you yeah. hear me use god you can you can do a little translation yeah right to say love yeah and i right? just i just loved that like for me i'm like what if we could take out those that language the trigger language of god or even jesus and say okay for for many even you know post evangelicals those right. even even the word jesus is a trigger right, right. because that's been so wrecked. It's like, been wrecked. You know what? And I'll tell you my understanding of this entity called Jesus. Yeah. Yep. He doesn't give a shit. 
Right. He doesn't care. It wasn't even yeah. his name, first of all. His name yeah. was Joshua. He didn't give yeah. a shit about yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so I I think another one of the pillars that has go, we've got to kind of let go of. And this one is this one is like weird for people, but nonetheless, like you said, the, the thing we call our New Testament, okay, or our Bible was agreed upon by a very corrupt process about 15, 16 centuries ago, and by by a group of exclusively men, men yes. right, who had their own agendas going on. If yeah. we can just kind of let go of that and yeah. say, I remember I read a book when I was in uh, college called All Truth is God's Truth oh, by, yeah, Ar- yeah, yeah, by yeah, Arthur yeah. Holmes. Yeah. Really fundamental, basic idea. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's always stuck with me, yeah. right? Like truth does not have to come in a package of, you know, a Bible verse or something like that. You know, I think to myself, I, I some days I just do a random scrolling through of quotes by Rumi. Oh, you yeah, can you can live in Rumi. Okay, yeah. you can guide your life by Rumi. When I was a young teenager, fourteen years old, I heard the song Desiderata, which became my scriptures. Okay, so. I'm I'm not saying that I think we have to let go of this idea that the way we were taught the Bible is the Bible. That's, that's just like, first of all, it's nonsense that, that we want to be open to ongoing revelation. We want to be gone. Like God speaks to us all the time. Yeah. And in our book, so to speak, there's some really nice gems. Yeah. When you hear them. And if, and I think almost all Christian scholars would say, and the words of Jesus seem to kind of stand apart. They seem yeah. to have a special something about them. Yeah. That that so if you really want to lean in, lean in there. Everything yeah. else is just yeah. people telling stories. And we have to understand, okay, why are they telling this story? And what's their what's their like what's the purpose of this story? And you know, we got to think like Noah's Ark or whatever. We got to think yeah. about it as more as story, not as you know, lines of a book that we have to never or you know yeah right exactly right i think this this idea of of a moral document of like i've got a you know a moral code book yeah 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 yeah. i had a you know i had a really good um a friend of yours and mine that you just introduced me to so i won't go into detail about this person but um this person just started talking to me about peg i i grew up knowing the Bible is the word of God and everything is literal and, and, and I have trusted my pastors and theologians that they are smarter than me. And they've told me, this is what you need to believe. John Wayne Christianity. Yeah. I grew up in John Wayne Christianity. And so, and all the people colluded to say, these are our top leaders and they're telling us what, you know, what the Bible really means. And if you question that you're out. So, that's just been so hard for him to go, Peg, I, I want to understand God better. I want to do psychedelics and connect in my the love of God. But how do I undo all of those messages in my head? What and a brilliant it, question. What did you say? I want to know your answer. Uh, what I did is I said, you know what? Rather than me trying to say, hey, let's do a six-month you know, critique of every doctrine that you, and I can show you historically that it's false. And I mean, we could do that. Or I can just say, can you start with just closing your eyes and feeling, what does it feel like to be loved by God? And then asking yourself from the feeling state, those messages that you hear, do they align with love? 
Does that feel like love? And it just use love as your rubric. And if it doesn't land with you to go, that sure doesn't sound like what I would say to my kids or my children. If it doesn't sound like what you would want to give to your children as advice or insight, then it's not of God in the, then his understanding of the Bible or his, his version of Jesus is nothing to do with what's going to connect with you with love. So if loves are rubric, use that, you start with that at least going, ah, okay. So he told me I'm not acceptable X, Y, and Z. I said, would you ever say that to your child of six, that your love is conditional upon your obedience to me as a father? You're like, oh, I would never do that. Okay, well, you start with that. Start with love. And it's either you're better than God or it's yep, wrong. Right. You know, and so I start thinking about the kinds of things. I was like, well, Peg, if, if I start using love, then I, there might be a whole bunch of things that I have to throw out. And, and I go like, what? And it's like, well, the idea of God torturing people forever in hell. I went, good. That, that's exactly. Start with that. Yes. Would you throw what your else? child into a furnace because he right. didn't get to the supper table on time? Right. Exactly. So you're like, well, that doesn't seem right. And, and then, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's so mild from what I said. Yes, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, exactly. Throw your child in a furnace and torture them. And, you know, whether it's ideas around, uh, you know, LGBTQ plus people, right? Transgender people. Like, what is what is the what does the kingdom of God have to say? It has to lead with love. And if you have any other, well, Peg, what does the Bible say? Hey, don't, don't try to find references. Just think about it. Feel yeah, into it. Right. Be a human. My brother posted this great Facebook thing the other day, just on your, uh, the LBTQ. Yeah. And he, it's, it, it's a picture of Jesus. And he's kind of standing there with a quizzical look in his face. And the caption says, Jesus trying to remember when he told his followers to bully trans kids. <laughs> Oh man! Like, right, it's trying so to great. remember. When did I tell you to bully? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I see you doing those things, saying I told you to do that. I'm just trying to. When did I ever do that? You're That's right, so good, right, you know. So it's it's so yeah. So there's this doctrine of hell. It, there's a sense of I love the I love the the kind of filter that you you gave this guy. It it although it does kind of to me raise a not a deeper but a more complex question, which is how do people recover from you know. Yeah. years, decades of what I will say unambiguously, unequivocally is meets the qualifications for spiritual abuse. So yeah. like, like, how do you recover from that? It's, it's, uh, it, it's quite a daunting kind of, uh, it's, it's very, and I'm realizing, I think, um, I'm realizing how hard that task is because it's, it'd be easier in essence to take an ex evangelical or post Christian and say, oh, hey, here's Buddhism, or here's Taoism, or here's just, you know, whatever. And right, Be yeah, because you can accept it, because you don't have linkages to the, to, you know, yeah. like trigger words to, to all of it. But the, the downs, I love that question, yeah. but the downside for me, for instance, I mean, I could do that, is that I, it seems too foreign to me at yeah. my age yeah. and my yeah. stage of life to try to learn a completely new uh, kind of structure or something like cool. that, even though I think... Yeah. Just, you know, there's beautiful pieces in every expression of God. So I'm not like prejudiced. It's just more I'm lazy, I guess, or something like that. I'm, no, no, I, I don't think it's that. Like, I, I thought that too, because I was like, oh, I'm studying and doing lots of work in other world religions and that. But it's, it's that this isn't the, this isn't the milieu that, mo that we grew up in the West, right? Can we learn? Can there's some great insights? Of course. We grew up with these symbols 
And I grew up memorizing Bible verses. And I meant, you know, got all these stories in my psyche from the Old and New Testament. And I'm like, do you mean all of that stuff? I just have to throw that out as junk. And it has no meaning, even though it's connected people for 4,000 years of, of, you know, human history. They've found these stories have helped people find love and connection. Yeah, and right, go, right. Yeah, you know what? Peg couldn't figure it out because, you know, because, of, you know, whatever, because of the moralism of the last 40 years. And I'm that's like, a bit dismissive again, because I am saying because of the abuse, right? right? So right. I, I mean, I don't look at you in that category at all. As a matter of fact, when you were talking earlier, I went, just, they set up a, just a word of gratitude for your parents that they raised you in a way that shielded you from the, the abuse that so many of your peers mm-hmm. went through. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that you've been hurt by Christianity, I'm not suggesting otherwise, but I don't think it's like risen to the level of like, you know, PTSD or something. And, and so it, it is complex for people, their triggers go deeper and harder. And so like, what is the case? Why, why would we invite people into um, an experience of a Christian faith that is life-giving, that is beautiful, like, because you're there now. I'm yeah, there now. Yeah, I found yeah. my way to it, right? So it's, it's, so I guess it for me, it's like, okay, I want to build it for me then. Like, I, I do think, you know, there might be lots of ex-evangelicals that say, Peg, I, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I'm, I'm founding, I found better resources to be able to find my engagement oh, with the divine. You know what? As you right. saying that, I just felt a little compassionate witness. I just felt the weight come off me. Exactly. We're not trying to talk people into no. anything. No. It's just like, if, if it's just you and me, yeah, right. To say yeah. we dig this and it gives us, gives us pleasure to, to try to find the divine, to find love, to find comfort and connection through with the universe through our Christian symbols, then maybe it's just you and me, but probably yeah, there are others. I, you know, I think part of it is like, okay, I have put a lot into this, right? So I've like, I've invested, yeah. I've studied this, this worldview for better part of my entire life, you know, from it, to be honest with you, I mean, I started at the, at the age of eight, I started becoming a theologian at the age of eight when I said wow. I wanted to get baptized. And my dad said, well, you have to attend a 12 week uh, theology course <laughs> from your pastor. And I'm like, I'm nine years, eight or nine years old. And my dad's like, well, that's, the, that's how to be a member at Central Heights MB is to do a 12 week membership course about the Bible. And yet so you did, did it. That. And I did it, you know, so I've been doing that. I, I love life. that story so much. I love that story because first of all, it makes every point we're talking about, right. first of all, about where Christianity has kind of flubbed it. But I, but what you're really telling is a story of a, at a very young age, you were attracted to theology and to, understanding God through this matrix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going, I, I really do want to find a way to connect with God. That was, that was a big drive for me. And yeah. mother became, you know, my passion in high school and my, you know, all, and then into obviously Bible college and apologetics and becoming a pastor and going to Regent and doing graduate work. And so, you know, my whole life I've been trying to figure this stuff out and how to, how to how to engage God through these symbols? Yeah, and, and so I feel like now, you know, after Nexus for me, uh, when Nexus ended, I thought, eh, I guess I'll just park that Christian faith. I tried it for forty-seven years. It, you know, I had a good, I had a, I had a good run, right? And 
And then all of a sudden, I had my, my first, you know, high-dose psychedelic experience, and it's like spirituality, like the light switched on, and all this stuff came flooding in going, yeah. this is what you've been looking for your entire life. Is I remember during your experience. trip, you said about 10 times, of course, yes, that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. You are really doing some work. Hey, I want to tell you a quick story, because yeah. just as you're talking, uh, I think another piece that I would um, just have to say absolutely no to to Joel Osteen, and you and I talked about this the other day, um, which is there's there's no mention, no reference, no no even quarter to a feminine divine. Oh yeah. Hey, I was in a I was holding space the other day with a very experienced uh, woman, very wise woman who was doing a high dose trip. I was just holding space. She was doing all her work. And at one point she came out and she came over to me and she, she cradled my face in her hands and looked deeply into my face. And she said to me, it's all about love, Dave. She loves you. Wow. Right. She mother. Yeah. The divine feminine loves you, Dave. And that, and this, the, like, you know, it's just like electric through my body as she was saying that to me. And that is, I think I said to you the other day, is maybe the biggest limitation with the package of Christianity that predates John Wayne, 1980 Christianity, that really goes back to the entire, you know, Old Testament and New Testament is the, it is bereft of a feminine deity. It's, yeah, it, yeah. And maybe it was suppressed, Peg, and maybe that's something that, yo, no, it's there. It just got suppressed. But I think I, I, I will probably have to look outside Christianity um, to experience, because it, like, I love masculine orientation, masculine purpose. I love that as part of life and, hey, let's go do things and let's, let's lead and let's, let's you know, be goal-oriented. I just love that. But it doesn't work without just the deep abiding nurturing love that only a mother can give. I mean, I'm a father. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. But when I watch my wife with my grandkids, it's just a different order. With a, I, was, <laughs> I was holding space last night. And um, it was one of the things that really came up was during this experience was this, the divine feminine just came into the room and the three of us could feel it. The person on psilocybin, myself, Milan, and what does it feel like? Well, this person just laid in my lap and I just stroking this and Milan and I are this there. And we're just saying, you are loved. You feel it. The, the God loves you. She just wants to hold you are valuable. You're worthy. You know, just all these words just pouring over just deep, deep feeling of a sense that I'm held like a mother would hold its child. And, and the person's response was, this is an unbelievable feeling I've got right now. And, and they described it as like being in a warm, like ocean, like a tropical, you know, and I'm like, you're in this cocoon of like a womb, like a womb space inside this altered state. Right. And what it felt physically and emotionally like was like a mother holding a child, attaching to that child, yeah. feeling like yeah. you are loved. And that idea, attachment peg is oh. the most important quality for a healthy life. Yeah. 
when when yeah. when we are yes it's best it's really only done you know early in childhood but yeah. if you don't have it from early childhood i can speak as a you know a yeah. person who had challenged attachment growing up is it's not perfect but wow does it make a difference to encounter yeah. to experience divine love and that's where psychedelics has a yeah, and I think quality that, that nothing yeah. else quite does quite no, nothing else like i and that's for me why you're like peg you're really like this is such an important tool for you i'm like this is the only tool that i know that can give people that experience yeah. like in a dramatic way if you want to reattach someone you might take oh 10 years of therapy and friendship and all and you're like i i'm starting to feel a little bit right. unworthy and loved i can't better not doing it after a decade i think i can kind of access some love inside or you could have an experience like this that is so powerful where you're like oh i wake up the next morning going oh i know what it feels like to be loved by the divine mother right sophia this the, the 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 old testament the shekinah glory that's the the feminine version of god the feminine expression of god See, i knew you'd be able to find it yeah. i know it's there yeah you know sophia that's all throughout the psalms and proverbs and the, and you know that's all feminine energy then the, then there's shekinah which is this the presence of the divine that came to moses that's a feminine concept that's the the idea of being wrapped up like a like a blanket of a mother being swaddled Right. That's the Shekinah. That's the, it's not this male up there in the sky. It's this mother holding you, nurturing, loving you. Yeah. That's what's needed right now in evangelicalism for, for people that have had abuse. Right. You need to be reattached to the divine. You need to be reheld by the mother. And that can only happen in, in, in using tools like, like these altered state medicines. That's yeah. the only thing I know that can do it. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I'd love to start a, a Christian psychedelic revolution mm. because I think the revolution, because we need to change uh, a reorient what it means to be Christian. Uh, and I put Christian in there because I want it that those symbols are important to me. It's not just spirituality for me. It's, I want a Christian psychedelic spirituality. I yeah. want a one that draws from Christian symbols of death and resurrection and, uh, and which are, you know, massive themes and and the what am i dying to what am i being birth you know, what, what's giving birth in my life right and so those things are really important to me and and uh psychedelic because it it opens people up to saying if i'm okay with psychedelics i'm probably okay with all the other things that are going to come in that list which is yeah fair enough an openness to the the universal love of god the a set, there is no in and out there is no hell there is no patriarchy there is no male and female there is no jew nor greek all of those distinctions of male and female jew greek in out they're all gone they're right. all been you know that's the kind of christian faith that i think could make uh could rise up and we could coalesce this the millions of spiritual but not religious christians that have walked yeah. away yeah. from yeah. you know the john wayne christianity i'm like i want to create a i want to create a denomination for them i want to create a new christian psychedelic a structure denomination right. yeah. for them, a right. structure for yeah. them that's yeah. beautiful, Peg. I, I I get almost like chills hearing you say that. It's uh, I I do really think for so many people who have been you know really hurt. I mean, fucking badly hurt. Their their marriages, their parenting, their jobs, their bodies, their mood, everything in their life had been destroyed through you know 
like you say, this guy you're talking to, uh, uh, a violation of trust relationships and that have ended up in what clearly meets the criteria for abuse is that the starting place is we're going to have to start by de defining the things that I hate. Yeah. Right. Because because yeah. they're just not going to walk in the door if there's any suggestion yeah. that there will be a toleration yeah. for, it, for these, the, like you say, the list of three things or whatever yeah. it might be. And I'm like, I would love to go a statement of faith. It wouldn't be a belief. It would be this is these are the values that we have as a community. Right. We are anti-colonial, which what does that mean? We, we recognize that Christianity has used its male power to destroy indigenous communities around this planet to colonize them. You know, okay, but now I agree, but I think yeah. it, it does require a bit more of a, a kind of a radical way of saying it. I remember you and me uh, and a couple other guys, we were, this is way back in the day when we were pastors at a church and we were at this conference and we had just been hearing um, some hate-filled message. And, you know, most of the people were cheerleading the hate-filled message. And we were laughing. It, it bounced off us. It didn't matter to us. But what we saw on the walls of this church was love. God is love. We love you. So people can hear those words that you're saying there and go, yeah, you know, I've been seduced into that door before. Like just saying that God loves you doesn't no, mean, right. right. That's why I kind of think there may be some, like, I'm not disagreeing with the values, mm. but I'm thinking there may be some wisdom in, in really stating clearly, here's what we will absolutely not tolerate. You yeah. Know, the, yeah. The, you know, the, there are the three things yeah. that if that, that is, that is antithetical to the universe, the kingdom of God, yeah. the nature of the divine, yeah. whatever. And, and, and I think one of those is the patriarchy. I think that's the big one right now for me. If you'd say, if you could pick one of them that you could say, oh, well, I'm going to champion LGBTQ rights and and realize that they can be full, you know, members of any spiritual community that I'm a part of. I Yes, I love that. But to me, the one right now in our culture is I think the fault line is really going to come in around patriarchy, mm -hmm. around do you believe that um, that not just like 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 women can you know be pastors or, or or leaders which is such a like i can't even believe that's even a topic oh you know i i have to can, tell you can, another story the topic for today is can human beings should human beings be allowed to drink water right, right. what the it's, fuck are we debating right this is an inalienable right. human right can we move on please oh man i had i i had took my hat off to a friend of mine i was out for lunch the other day on friday and he runs a large evangelical uh organization and it's not a church but it's a you okay, know parachurch yeah. you know not a ministry but they whatever uh, yeah yeah a christian charity right and uh so he just was how's it going and he goes oh i'm in the middle of something crazy and i was like oh what do you mean he goes i have this guy who's been on our staff as the cfo for this big organization for 15 years and uh and he just came out and said in a staff meeting with like all these women running international projects and they're some of the top thinkers, you know, and he just said, um, I, I have to just take a stand right now based upon my own faith that I no longer want to report to, to a woman because uh, and I just listened to my pastor again. And, you know, I, why why are they above me? And. This guy it's was like, like, like it's against the order or something right, like that. Right, right. The divine it's, order of the universe. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> if you have a vagina, you're less than me. A penis trumps vaginas. That's We know that. The Bible says that, right? Right, right. It's right. such a, and so I was like, what did you do? And he goes, these women, of course, lost their shit 
going, who is this guy? Why is he saying this? This is unbelievable. And I go, what'd you do? And he goes, I sat down and I finally just, I, I stopped the meeting, put him in my office and good for this guy. But he said, I got HR in, got the chair of our board in. And I said, this guy's fired. He, what he did is attack these women based upon their character and their gender. And I cannot have this in this organization anymore. And I was like, dude, I love it that you did it. I can't believe it took this long for him to kind of stand up and tell. But I thought there's, there's a shift that's happening in our culture. Um, there's a line that's being divided. And there will be those that say, we are no longer going to tolerate this kind of patriarchy. This kind of male-dominated uh, mindset that's based and using yeah. God as a, a way to kind of keep it propped up, that's got to be burned to the ground. And, okay, uh, and I, I couldn't it. agree stronger. I have, And maybe that, you know, with our next podcast, let's make that kind of, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, and because it's tricky for me, Pick, hmm. because I don't know where I fit then. Right. It, it, because I look, let's face it. This podcast is being hosted right now by two white men, middle-aged men, white men, you know, and I, I just like, I, I don't quite know. Should I, I'll get into, you know, in my big two CB trip a couple of years ago where, you know, it all the parade and everything that vision came to me because that's, and I'd I'd love to talk with you about it where, you know, how the humility that we must, move forward with and, and, you know, all of it, because nonetheless, nonetheless, here you and I are on this podcast. Yeah. And I know. So we start, you know, we start with where we're at, which is me and you and saying, I know that I, I need feminine voices in my life. And I, as I've said to you many times, like, I'm so lucky that I have these, you know, I have an incredibly smart, intelligent wife who uh, is, a, is a powerful, powerful voice in our community and in, in her own right and in my life for, you know, grown daughters who help me begin to see how my worldview needs to incorporate and, and value uh, other worldviews and other, other ways of thinking. Hey, if, I could, if I could kind of uh, say one of, the, one of the ways I could describe the peg that I know now, as opposed to yeah. the peg that I knew 15 years ago, who I also loved and was a you know beautiful person in my life. You are way more feminine. You, not yeah. just not just the human, the female humans around you. You peg yeah. are like if we took your skin off, if we took the the uniform, whatever the, and just just felt your energy. It it oftentimes feels so nurturing and connecting and listening and open you know these beautiful qualities of feminine within all of us um and yes and sometimes i get that beautiful masculine fuck this i hate this i'm gonna fight this i mean i love that too but i do see uh it's it yes i love that you're connecting it to you know heather and your girls and the and you know Lori and so many other beautiful uh female voices in your life but what they've really done in my judgment is called for within your own Mm. heart your own humanity your own person this beautiful feminine that you are Mm. right i think that's what i'm that's what i'm really struck by when i sit with you these days like the other night that was just so feminine so you just you just you gave me space to be me and anyways regardless i just yeah i want i just wanted to say that as yeah well thank you and i i think that's a beautiful like that's like the highest for me right now. That's one of the highest compliments you can pay me, Dave, because mm-hmm. that's like 
that's opening up a huge part of me and mm-hmm. that it's just so it's so beautiful and i love that that i'm accessing this very nurturing tender very gentle you know um that part of me is starting to come out more and mm. i i see how powerful that part of it is when i'm with people particularly in these altered states like that's the part that really shows up like mm-hmm. it's not the angry peg that wants to make you know change the world you know not that i'm angry but the one who's like we're gonna rally and do yeah it. you got purpose you got you got you know, you know what you're about yeah. great peg yeah but absolutely the peg that shows up in these these kind of altered states you explain is this really tender nurturing part of me that i absolutely love and it can it's quiet and it can sit like yesterday like i, I think i sat and i don't i don't know how i did it I think I sat quiet for like an hour and a half, just cross-legged, holding this guy's hand as he drifted into this space. And I just felt present, loving energy for him, not mm-hmm. bored. I was like, where, how is that? That's not Peg. He yeah. can't do that. Peg 1.0, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I was listening to a neuroscientist the other day, uh, TED Talk. I can't remember her name right. She's just brilliant, though. And she, one of the concepts that I'm so attracted to these days and just she spent quite a bit of time is the importance of balance in any system. Mm-hmm. Systems have to have balance. And we talk about us as a system and our brain and whatnot, that that's that when we are in balance, when we might even say when the masculine and feminine find an organic, you know, life living balance within us moment to moment, day to day, then we are, then that's, I just almost think and this is kind of what she suggested. We're at the highest kind of level of evolution for for ourselves yeah. like that that is the best right it's just when we have this balance and we'd have to look at christianity and say way out of balance way back just great, way great, out of balance you know, uh, dave that is a great way to start it you're like here's what we're looking for here's the ideal right is uh a person or a community that represents the balance of these you know these kinds of elements right mm-hmm. uh, and if we would take a, a pulse check, uh, uh, you know, let's do a heart rate test on kind of evangelicalism right now. Kind of let's do it. Let's put it on the operating table. And where is this organization, this system, you know, at? You'd go, oh, my goodness. They are so, you know, first of all, they're sick with cancer. but Right, because they're so, so out of balance. They're, yes, they're so tumors. out of balance. Yeah. And I feel like what we need is a rebalancing of, of kind of a, a new type of Christianity to, to, you know, to quote Brian McLaren's brand new book, not yeah. new kind of Christian, a new kind of Christianity yeah. where he starts by saying one of the, one of the first things we need to do is we need to kind of everybody out of the pool when it comes to this issue of male, female patriarchy, that we need a, we need women to help lead us back into what this faith is going to look like and right. be. Um, and so I, I just love that idea of, of balance as the organization, as a, as a, as a worldview, the Joel Olstein worldview is so out of balance toward the masculine that I think one of the things that I'm so excited about when it comes to psychedelics is psychedelics seems to usher in the divine feminine as one of its primary motifs in people's Or I might say it a slightly different way, which is, okay. but, but saying the same way is that when we go into deep state psychedelic work with preparation with with guides who are nurturing and safe in that context it's our own wisdom our own uh healing ability assesses the out of balanceness mm. that's resident within me and begins 
begins the rebalancing, begins the correction, begins the interventions of neurosurgery, you know, network surgery within my brain. And so it, it's always person specific, right? It's like, who can say that anyone's trip is going to look like this? We have no fucking idea because it's up to their own healing intelligence. Yeah. It's up yeah. to their own wisdom to say, wow, Phillips, love you so much, man. We have, we have really got to have you encounter, encounter the mm -hmm. divine feminine. I remember the first moment it happened on a trip almost took my breath away thing. Mm. I was floating around the cosmos and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's all feminine. It's all feminine. It was so beautiful. But I'm, my point being that to me is it's it's the psychedelics. Yes, I know work with archetypes and universals. I understand that. But really, it's this inside out kind of a thing. It's my own, not my own wisdom, my own intelligence, my own you know, entity driven uh, experience that says, Dave, you're so out of balance, man. We've got to correct that because we know you want to be open. We know you want to be um, purposeful. We know you want to be uh, loving. We know the beautiful values. We want them. We don't want you depressed and anxious. Yeah. We don't want you like angry and, and fear. And, yeah. yeah, fear. So we got to deconstruct some things and yeah. create new networks. And the, to me, you need like five hours of like deep state yeah. reconstruction in a certain yeah. context for that to happen. Yeah. And, and, it, and it really does like, um, it does feel like recalibration in these, these kind of altered states. Like, and I'm even starting to use language of, of, you know, I'm starting with people just thinking about dreams and thinking about like the fact that we all experience altered states all the time. Altered yeah. states are, of course weird. we do. Right. They're normal. They're like, not foreign. Our, they're, yeah. they're not foreign. And, if, and little kids, like I, I remember being like seven or eight and like, I remember spinning around in a circle, like uh, getting really dizzy and then seeing if you could walk, like just as a little <laughs> kid's game. Right? So what was that? It was like, I think there's a compulsion to like, all of us as humans want to try, what would we feel like to have a different awareness? A different You're right. Feeling, yeah, right. Right. That's a great example. You and know? if, you know, that, and that was kind of fun for us as kids. It was fun, right? I know. For that, right. For so kind of, many people with uh, yeah. with abuse, and and I'm I'm working with the numbers based on the ACE study. You know that probably sixty percent of the adult population, six zero percent of the adult population, has significant uh, trauma in their childhood, enough to to be just dysregulating their life right now. So that I get for those humans, because I'm one of them, for those humans to go into these not just spinning around, you know, in the head of a broom, but actually. You know, we're talking as Mary Cosimano says, this is strong medicine yeah. to and when you feel your control beginning to dissolve, that's that can be terrifying. Yeah. And I, I know that. So there's got to be good safety and preparation. I also wanted to say, Peg, that we're we're talking about psilocybin and LSD and some of these classic psychedelics. But for so many people who have been uh, for whom their religion, their spirituality has been turned against them. This is the beauty of MDMA and MDMA therapy, I, I believe will be approved as a, in therapy, as a legit therapy in Canada by the end of this calendar year, that the beauty of MDMA is it starts with love. It, it really, it, it down regulates fear. You're not losing your orientation. Sense of control or, yeah. Right. You're still very yeah. sober, yeah. but it, but it just, it gives you an ability to think about your life in the context of acceptance yeah. of love a nurture connection. And in that, we, that, that to me can be a, a better starting place for a lot of people than, yeah, it is you good. know, and that does, than deep state. And that's like that. I was kind of looking for that. Um, like I was looking for MDMA light 
when I'm doing a lot, a lot of my tests with 2CB. Like I'm looking for like, because, you know, a high dose MDMA session, because you, you, if, as you know, you're, if people got trauma, you can really, it might get you. Yeah, it could take some time. I agree. I agree. It's not just be one. Be ready for a, you know, four well month said. journey with someone. To go, okay, let's, let's get some stuff up and I'm not going to leave you. We're going to journey through. And you stuff. need therapists that will guide yeah. you through that whole process. Totally. I, I agree. I agree. So I was like, I, you know, that's why I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this 2CB molecule at, um, that, you know, Shogun is, was trying to find a, a, a shorter acting molecule that was not serotonistic uptake and it was a 5h2a receptor which is a psychedelic receptor in our neuro circuits so it, it that molecule attached gives it about a four hour window people get heart opened um but it's not so big of an experience and it seems to be kind of a conversational uh molecule you want to talk about your the love you feel in your life yeah um but i think mdma you're right is going to be the leading one <clears throat> that's going to uh, allow us to see some massive shifts possibly uh, at least therapeutically for people learning to, to to love themselves to fall in love with themselves yeah you know i you know that i'm a national trainer now teaching yeah. therapists how to use psilocybin yeah in in this therapeutic model and probably the most uh, the biggest question we face in these trainings these are all therapists all skilled mental health professionals that is i say when you have a client with ptsd you know, you got to be careful with psilocybin as your first entry point because it can be, it can yeah. be terrifying. And I, so the way that I'm, and of course people go, well, it's being studied for PTSD. So I don't know if you're right. So it's a good conversation to have, but where I'm landing these days is like out of control PTSD. No way am I putting someone on psilocybin for out of control PTSD, but that's not that many people. But if you do have PTSD-esque symptoms, so you have trauma in your background, I think you can go into psilocybin, which can is, is faster and cleaner than MDMA in a sense, but you have to be held by your guides who lead with nurture, love, and safety. That, that to me then is the non-negotiable, right? Yeah. You have to feel from your guides that you are you are absolutely nurtured and safe with them in which takes unusual people. Not yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, not everybody right. is going to be no. even some really good psychedelic yeah. therapist. Not that's not necessarily their, their leading edge, but if, it, if you, it, you know, it's like you're, uh, I think yeah, you've said this before is like these therapists in one sense are, are, are going to act like your mother. They, you are going to have to feel that sense of safety because yeah. you're going to be, become a five-year-old child in one sense in yeah. your openness yeah. and vulnerability, yeah. right? Yeah. And that could be really scary if you're that vulnerable and you don't really know these therapists or you don't really, really, truly really trust them. That's going to feel really unsettling. But if you feel that, if you feel like these people have developed a really, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a number of weeks of attachment and connection and love and trust, a psilocybin experience in that kind of uh, place, even with people with trauma, it can still can still work, you know? Oh, um, I think, oh, I, yeah. I will say it can be perhaps even better than the MDMA, because as you say, MDMA can be complicated because of yeah. what it does. But, you know, the, like, uh, we're structuring our research study now that we're going to be starting here in the next few months. And one of the rules, unbelievable. That I, yeah, one of the rules that I wrote into the clinical protocols is that there will be no male-male therapeutic teams. And it's, it's because of that. It's, it's recognizing that even like if you were and I were to hold space for somebody and you and I are like, I think very, very much in touch with our 
feminine energy or, or the, the feminine divine within us that we're very loving and nurturing men. I think we are like probably more than most men I know that even still it's, it's, it's not enough. Yeah. You, you actually need probably a mother in the room. Yeah. That, that grandmother would be even better, even better. I mean, yeah. not, not that we're trying to rank. I know. Them, I know. But saying, like, you know what I mean? Like that's I, the nectar. The reason, grandmother love that's is such the a nectar. Good one. It's yeah. the word grandmother. Like, I mean, if you, if you look back on uh, even early Christianity, like if you, you know, the, the grandmothers were the ones serving the psychedelic Eucharist for the first 300 years. Like it was these women that had been brought up in these church house church communities. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. That knew the brew, knew how to put the right herbs into the wine, the right henbane and the right ergot root to give the psychedelic experience. <laughs> Did you say henbane? Uh, henbane is a, is a psychedelic <laughs> spice. Sounded, so, sounded funny to me. Okay. I know, henbane. I think it's, henbane. yeah. And uh, like, so these, these grandmothers, and that's just can't just be random. There's something about a grandmother's energy that has raised children and now has children's children. And they provide this, you know, in indigenous communities around the world, the grandmother is the, the one who is the keeper of the wisdom, right? It's through the grandmother that you kind of, that these indigenous traditions pass down. So I, I just, that's, that's what good looks like. You know? And so that, you know, Adele, I'd say, Adele holding space is the highest good, you know? So you put two, like even beautiful men in the room and I'm, I'm now nervous, not because yeah. there's anything wrong with you and me, but it's just like, if someone's got some deep attachment wounds, they really require that. I just can't tell you how many times I've held space with Adele. You know, she's the other guide and she will hold someone's hand at, when they're really going through a, a challenging moment and I you can just feel the person yeah. just move into that that really unconditional I love you energy and again I I, I like to bring that too I, I like to say I can do that but I just not 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 like that yeah. I mean yeah. I'm not not I'm not putting myself down I'm just right. saying it, it is what it is yeah. you know it's a you know I can do podcasts really good I can yeah. teach really good but boy women feminine energy hey uh, let's just kind of bring this back to the idea of um, beginning to say what the, like the the title or the category for this for membrane when we started was what do we have to let go of in order for us to kind of re-embrace or embrace a faith that has got a, a distinct Christian kind of flavor to it? And I really, really like this idea that you brought up about, uh, you know, the, what was it, the marketing thing, the three things. Yeah, the three-word rebellion. Three-word rebellion. So what are yeah. we rebelling against? I think yeah. that's a useful kind of yeah. starting place. So yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. that's where we dive in, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, like in to just to say, you know, one more thing about that, that yeah, really struck yeah. me that she had two questions in her book. Um, one was what kind of really pisses you off? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that helps you get to that message. Like what really, you know, annoys you, pisses you off. And, get under the skin of that. Understand that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you're going to get, well, as you do that, you're going to get to know what you're really, what your message is. And the other one was what really kind of what hurts, like what, um, what was the line here? It hurts my heart when, and I said, um, you know, when teenagers are kicked out of their Christian houses because they're gay, wow. when 20-something when girls growing up at MEI hate their body and want to kill themselves, when young people feel lost without direction, when, you know, when Christian pastors teach things that are so hurtful and destructive, you know, when, when people live in fear uh, of going to hell or disappointing God, right? And so I started just thinking about the things that really, like, you know, hurt 
hurt me. And I was like, man, so much of this is, is all around like, uh, I love that. I, what, yeah. what do you hate? I, Cause you know, as you're saying it, what popped in my mind, yeah, I hate it when beautiful, beautiful Christian men that I know are told to hate themselves because they masturbate. Yes. yes. I like, I want to, I want to, I want to take those teachers and, mm. and just smack them. I mean, then yeah. I think, Hey, you can't do this. This is a beautiful, tender, very vulnerable human being. You just fucked up. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I, I, I think there's an opportunity for her to, I, I'd love to get your help in crafting our three-word rebellion here. What is the message, right? Is that? Yeah, that's is, really uh, good. Three-word you know, rebellion. That's, I'm going to look that up when we're done. Yeah, so, that's uh, good. Help me get, you know, let's, let's, let's do some three back and forth and yeah, see if yeah. we can get this. Uh, we'll get there for sure. I think we're, we're onto something here and uh, it's different than just psychedelics and it's different than just, you know, Christianity, but there is these things are being, are, are kind of overlapping. And, uh, and I, I think there's an opportunity to create a rallying cry of a movement of people hmm. that want a, a, a robust, exciting, dynamic kind of faith journey, a spirituality that has like history and depth and traditions, but hmm. is not, you know, not patriarchal. It doesn't, it doesn't exclude. It invites and welcomes and heals. And, and it's something that I'm like, I want my kids to be able to find a community like this. I want to raise my grandkids in a community like this, right? This, what does a Nexus 2.0 that's open to altered state work would look Actually, like? Actually, you know what? I've been thinking about what you sent me the other day, and I got to tell you, I kind of like it, Peg. What was that? Psychedelic Jesus. Psychedelic Jesus, baby. It kinda, yeah. it's, got a, it's got a kind of a nice ring to it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, not that I mind Nexus or whatever, but I, I like the, the framework. It, it's, it, it's provocative, if nothing yes. else. Yes. And right? that's what I want. Like, that's... I have to like, you know, me, I, I, you know, you're kind of the same way. That's why we're together on this stuff is like, I, I like being the voice that says, I want to tear that down. It's like, you know, the, you know, the line from, uh, it's the line from Elaine on Seinfeld, right. With the, with the, with the wig. Right. Yeah. And and it's uh, George wearing the wig yeah. and Elaine grabbing it. I don't like, like this thing. I yeah. hate this thing. You know how right. they do it? You know, it's like, and she throws it out and it's like. It's just it's like, does this sort of thing. Yeah. I know, yeah. That's the tone that I like. Yeah. I'm like, this thing is destroying humanity and it's destroyed cultures and people and it's continuing to do it. And I want to take that, you know, filthy rag of oppressive Christianity and I throw it down and I'm in that garden. I want to create a new garden where true spirituality, true Christian, beautiful faith could grow up and we could have a new community around here in the, in Abbotsford that is open to the kind of ideas that you, you and I want to explore. And I beautiful. think, I really think that there's lots of people that are open to this. Well, well let's find out. Thanks man. Okay.